Pulmonary hypertension is high blood pressure in the arteries to your lungs. It's a serious condition that requires specialty care. Welcome to the GW Medical Faculty Associates podcast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith, and today's topic, building the GW Pulmonary Hypertension Program. My guest is Dr. Marty Gumberg. Dr. Gumberg is medical director of the GW Medical Faculty Associates and the George Washington University Hospital Pulmonary Hypertension Program and professor of medicine at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences. Dr. Gumberg, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I know most of my audience has heard of regular hypertension, right? I don't think a lot of them have heard of pulmonary hypertension. Can you tell us what that is and how common it is? Sure. So like you said, most people think about what we call systemic or blood pressure that we measure with the cuff in the office. That's pretty common and, re- and folks know a lot about it because it can cause strokes and cardiovascular illnesses that are pretty common within pretty much everywhere in the world. However, pulmonary hypertension, which is a high pressure in the lungs, is not as common, but as dangerous to have. Because when your pressure gets high in the lungs, it backs up to the rest of the body. So let me explain that a little bit more clearly. So really, the heart and lungs is just a plumbing system with the right side of the heart, in the middle of the lungs, and then the left side of the heart. And it just pumps. Basically, you're pumping blood into the lungs, you're getting oxygen, and then you're pumping it into the heart, and then it goes from the heart all the way to the body, all around, and it just keeps circling back all around in a nice system. But what happens is if the pressure gets high anywhere in the circuit, but especially in the lungs, then the heart has to work that much harder to pump through the circuit. So if you think about your sink getting clogged up, what happens when it gets narrowing and you can't get through, the water just starts to overflow. And that's when the heart starts to fail when it's in people and and patients develop what we call heart failure. So actually, although it's pulmonary, meaning lungs, high pressure, it actually is a disease that affects the heart and the lungs together. And that's why as a cardiologist, I'm doing pulmonary hypertension as my specialty, but my colleague here, Dr. Jahari, is a pulmonologist. And this is why we have a really nice team because we have both a cardiologist and a pulmonologist to care for these patients. Right. I definitely want to get into the uniqueness of, of the program that you direct. But before we go there, what causes this? in most people. Yeah. So there are five different classification groups of high pressure in the lungs because there are a multitude of things that can affect the lungs and the heart to cause the pressure to go high. So the most common is actually any type of lung disease, anything that affects the lung tissues or affects the ability of the lungs to work and utilize oxygen. That's over within the U.S. and Europe over 7 million people as a prevalence. Compared to left heart disease, which is when there's something wrong with the actual heart, whether it's the valves or the doors to the heart chambers or the heart itself, which can cause a backup into the lungs and the pressure to elevate, that's about 5 million in prevalence. Mm. 
But then it becomes a little bit less clear what the actual numbers of patients that have the other two types because they're not as common. You have pulmonary arterial hypertension, which is what we one of the things that we're providing care for that's not that common. It's actually considered an orphan disease, meaning that it's relatively rare in the spectrum of things when it's only isolation of the narrowing of the blood vessels in the lungs. And so that's really not very common. But what we found over time is that there's an association between disease states that can affect the lungs' blood vessels as well. For example, connective tissue disease or scleroderma or lupus, which can be quite common, there's a certain percentage, whether it's 30, 40% of these patients, that can develop high pressure in the lungs. So when they estimate the prevalence, it's really not completely accurate because we're just going by records of recordings at offices, but we're, we're in a much lower number where it's about a quarter of a million. And then finally, the other clear cause of high pressure in the lungs would be just blood clots in the lungs, which we've been hearing a lot about lately because we actually have therapies for that, which we didn't have in the past. And that's another type of, of patient that we see here at the pulmonary hypertension program. So just to kind of summarize all that, on one hand, you can have disease in the lung itself that can cause that increase in pressure back up to the heart, or you can have disease on the left side of the heart, which then backs up also uh, in, into the lungs. And then there are certain conditions, like you mentioned, connective tissue diseases that can increase the risk for pulmonary hypertension. So what are, so what's the workup then with all this? If, if and, and I think what, what a great opportunity... Uh, Dr. Gomberg, to really focus on what the the GW hospital and the GW faculty associates pulmonary hypertension program is all about. I know this is a very great clinic that you direct. So why don't you walk us through how you guys manage this? How do we diagnose pulmonary hypertension? How What's the treatment and what are the outcomes that you see? Yeah. So what the most common symptom that the patients present with is shortness of breath when they're walking. Uh, This is because the heart is trying to work harder. Just the heart rate should go up. Your blood pressure goes up in anyone who does any exercise. But in a normal person, you're able to sort of compensate so that you don't get super high blood pressure in the body or in the lungs. However, when you have narrowing in the lungs, you can't do that. And so the patient's Now their oxygen levels go down and they get trouble breathing. That's the most common presentation. And the issue with that is that shortness of breath is a pretty common complaint. And so most folks are not going to think about pulmonary hypertension because common things are common and this one isn't. And so Mm -hmm. what we find and what we find across the country is that patients present to pulmonary hypertension specialists late in their disease process because they're often diagnosed with more common conditions such as asthma or obstructive lung disease or even just anxiety. And that hasn't changed over time. Really, for the last 15 years, we still see the same referral patterns. And so one of the things that's really important is that you get 
the standard testing for, for patients when they don't get better, especially when you treat them for things that are common. So you give them an inhaler and they're not getting better. You don't say, oh, well, I guess it's anxiety. You say, okay, what else could this be? You should have an electrocardiogram. You should have a chest X-ray. You should um, have you know a full exam. You should look and make sure that the person doesn't have what we call a, a screening blood test for connective tissue disease or an ANA or thyroid disease. I mean, you basically want to start thinking about it sooner. But the best screening test is really an ultrasound or an echocardiography of the heart. And that's because it's our first way to estimate blood pressure in the lungs. Because unlike systemic blood pressure, where you can put the blood pressure cuff on your arm, you can't do that in the lungs. And the echo allows us to estimate the pressure by looking at the blood flow across two of the chambers of the heart, so across the tricuspid valve. And what that means from a non-technical standpoint is that if it's high, then there's a possibility that the pressure's high in the lungs. It's not a perfect test, and it's not as exact mm -hmm. as the cuff, but it's a really good screening. It also allows us to look at the different chambers of the heart, so the both sides, the right side and the left side, to see how they're functioning. It allows us to look at the heart valves, which could be one of the causes of high pressure in the lungs. And it actually gives us a sense of how large the blood vessel or the tube, the pulmonary artery is, because we can see a part of that even on the ultrasound screen. So I think that it's getting the appropriate workout and not just thinking that it's all shortness of breath that's only lung related, but also thinking about the heart in itself, even in young folks. Because, right. yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so when you go through that workup, um, as, as someone comes in, into the clinic and they go through all of this, you're, I mean, at the same time, you're also looking at if there's signs of that high blood pressure, looking at what might be that cause, right? So you mentioned some of the other screens that they might do, like the connective tissue screens. Do you do that right. in the clinic there, or is that something that they would do through their own like primary care doctor? Yeah. So what we've developed a recently in our guidelines. So the Pulmonary Hypertension Committee met in 2018 at the World Symposium, and what we changed in our guidelines actually addresses exactly what you're discussing, which is we actually don't want you to wait to refer it and get all the testing. We want you to refer it to a specialist if you're even thinking about it. And that's because we find that most centers and internists, pulmonologists, cardiologists don't get all the tests and if you don't get the appropriate diagnoses as far as the etiology of the high pressure in the lungs, you may actually completely treat the wrong disease and you can cause right, more right. harm. So we did a study when I was at the University of Chicago <clears throat> actually looking at our referrals with University of Michigan and Baylor and looking to see how well we do with diagnosing on the outside, getting all the appropriate testing, and if the diagnosis changed when they were sent to a referral center, we found that more than half the patients were given medications mm -hmm. for the arterial where there's just narrowing of the blood vessels when they didn't have it. And so, oh, okay. you know, it, it's we, I say that with caution because, you know, we think, oh, it's just high blood pressure, we can treat it, but we really want you to refer it because this disease has no cure. 
it's fatal. Yeah, okay. And so you don't want to treat inappropriately and you want to treat exactly what's going on with the patient because you don't want to be causing more harm. How many patients do you see in the pulmonary hypertension program at GW Hospital? So this is a new program I just got here in January. So oh, great. <laughs> they've been seeing, yeah, very new. Um, <laughs> I formerly was running one of the largest programs in the country at the University of Chicago, where we had uh, three, 400 patients. I think that right now we're sitting between 50 and 100, but we are starting to really consolidate all the little sort of pods of people that we're seeing these patients. So now there's direct referral from our rheumatology colleagues. Our, As I said, Dr. Um, Ahari has patients that now is going to, are going to become part of this program. And then um, Dr. Panrath, who's our heart failure, advanced heart failure expert, has also been seeing them. So now we have a consolidated program of yeah, multiple nice. sections within medicine so that we can really grow this program. Right. You you had mentioned that you know, this is a, obviously a very serious disease. Um, so, so what are the treatment goals um, when you're when you're faced with pulmonary hypertension? Yeah. So right now, our treatment goals are to make patients feel better, to give them um, better quality of life, better exercise tolerance, and to live longer. And that's really always our goals in medicine. Um, we have recently shown that our medications are able to do that, which is um, something that's taken some time to do. We haven't been able to completely reverse the disease, but we've given patients that used to be given a six-month prognosis, you know, some are, are 15 years out from the diagnoses. And so the goals are really... They've actually set what we call low-risk um, criteria that we're all aiming for. So one would be minimal symptoms when you're climbing up the stairs and doing um, extreme exertion. The second would be that these patients um, have as close to normal pressure in the lungs and function of the heart. So the, we want the right side of the heart to be back to normal size and not enlarged and not working. And then, you know, we want to see that they can really walk um, at their capacity based on their age and weight. So we have different cutoffs for what we call a six-minute walk test where you walk as far as you can in six minutes. And we'd like to see that patients improve such that they're really not limited in their everyday activities. Right. <clears throat> Dr. Uh, Gumberg, this was a, a lot of fascinating information. You know, in summary, what would you like the audience to know about pulmonary hypertension? I'd like the audience to know that pulmonary hypertension is as important as systemic hypertension. It causes heart failure and it really limits the patients and their ability to function. And that, you know, don't dismiss shortness of breath and feeling run down as just getting older. You know, that everybody should go in and, and see their internist and get routine checkups. Because I think a lot of times folks wait until it's far late in the disease and then there aren't as many options that I can provide. Right. 
Very good summary, Dr. Gomberg. I'm going to thank you for the work that you're doing. And thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to GW Medical Faculty Associates podcast. For more information, go to gwdocs.com. That's gwdocs.com. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.